0: reality oh and yeah i did see that goggle headset but it's just clear
1: i love and it it's like you gotta get <laughs> used it. to the
0: hand motions and he's touching the tree the <laughs> it's scapes like something, are
1: beautiful uh, it's like something pit viper would come out with or something <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> welcome back today we're talking with doug smith the MCAA Innovator of the Year, about the practical side of innovation and how DSI has become a consistent leader in the innovation and implementation of construction technology. And we're live,
0: episode 65, Don't Wait. Innovate. We got an old friend back. Doug Smith is joining us. Well, because I don't know, he hangs those awards like I hang those participation trophies. They just keep stacking up behind (laughs) him.
3: Wow, Wow. Doug,
0: how you doing, man? Getting Um, us canceled before we even get off the ground. (laughs) It is great to see you.
4: Doing fine. Doing great trying to trying to slow down since the innovate uh, conference you know we had a we had a big show here had a had a lot of people tour us through so it was a quite a big week quite a big roll up for sure
0: yeah it's been a, it's been a quite a good run you got a little award there which i'm sure we'll dive into as everyone gets mad at me for for what i have to say but that's just life uh we're going to go around and i think do our drinks and so mm-hmm. i am coming to you on the i'm joining the trent bandwagon here uh, I am going to have First today, time for
2: everything.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> a, a Celsius, which if you guys haven't tried Celsius. Oh, those are good. I absolutely love these right now. Somebody's probably going to chime in that there's something bad for me, but I feel good <laughs> about it. So that's that's what I'm going to have. So as I start talking really, really fast later on and you're all like, shut up, you can blame Celsius for that one. Uh, Trent, I'm going to go to you since uh, I was inspired by your uh, your 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 quest to go on my own.
1: Yeah, still on the quest. So today, today marks day fifty nine. So, uh, I'm repping. As everyone knows, uh, I'm a plumber still at heart. So, right out of the the faucet that the men before me and me have made possible,
3: right out of the
1: faucet. <laughs> it Looks a like, pickle cup it look like pickle
3: juice. <laughs> it does look like pickle juice. It's pickle juice.
1: It's a green cup, guys. Come on. <laughs>
3: some bad water <laughs> hey, hey. you only hey. get a filter
0: <laughs> hey. well,
1: come
3: on, yeah.
0: that's not alkaline based like come on been out this-
3: <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah.
0: You know
1: it's uh well it might be i don't know it's right out of the tap but whatever whatever the local uh water treatment facility has decided to do with their water that's what i'm doing right now
3: but uh
1: um travis maybe you got something a little more interesting
3: well i i i did decide to go ahead and and be a drinker tonight so i i don't know if i've brought this one out before another local brew from from uh, lena brewery here um it is the big rooster big rooster not big something else uh rodler um so if anybody's not what familiar else would with it the... be? <laughs> it's just uh it's just a big just a big red rooster um if you're not familiar with a rodler it's also they also call them a shandy so this is a wheat beer with a little grapefruit grapefruit soda in it. it's a it's a nice summer drink Nice and light. What about you, Jonathan?
2: Um, I was going to be a good boy, but then they told us that we should stay inside for two days. And so I'm like, screw that. I'm going to grab. I, I got the Wise Man Kentucky mm. uh, rye whiskey. Um, I'm not going to drink the whole bottle, but but uh, I, I'm going to do that tonight. It's actually a really good rye whiskey. I hadn't seen it on the shelves up here until just recently, um, but it's Kentucky straight. It's, in, it's nice and smooth. Doesn't need water down. It's, it's decent. This is decent, awesome. dog. Are, are you drinking anything today? Or are you Are you at work?
4: I am still at work, and I'm following Trent's lead and drinking oh, high boy. quality H two O. Plumbers be proud, right
3: straight there. from the tap.
1: Yes, straight from the tap. Filtered <laughs> though, mine was filtered. Oh, didn't uh, trust them, did you? You just, couldn't, stuff. You just couldn't trust.
3: <laughs> well, that's how you. You're the innovator, right? You're using the newfangled technology to get your water.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't mean to alarm you, Doug, but there appears to be a deer stuck in the wall.
2: <laughs> there. It hit your wall on speed, the up man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Must have had some good velocity when it ran into the building. There. Second floor and all.
0: I was going to say, yeah, you really got to talk to your uh, to your uh drywallers if, in, in, in the exterior clouding. If it can just get through that, I mean, any more, and he's
2: bouncing around inside of your office. <laughs> oh, my God. We really do need to We're put the, the other side table. of the deer on that deer, though. Like, we need to have the other side of that deer. <laughs>
1: the on the outside of the building? That'd yeah, like new two one. stories up.
2: <laughs> just, yeah, it <yeah. laughs>
3: just... Uh, oh, wow, weird. we have really gone off the rails already. Yeah.
4: Wow. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> well, Going nowhere fast. Yeah, well, at least we got all the way up from here. You know <laughs> what right. I mean? Like, I, I
0: didn't know there was lower. Is there anybody? Anybody? Mm-hmm. We'll oh, find wow. out.
4: Go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> <Let's>... <laughs> yeah. Wow. We got time
0: left. <laughs> we still got lots of time left. And I hear you got an award at the uh, MEP Innovation. So not only were you busy as could be, uh during the event giving everyone a tour which by the way i have yet to do but i will get there and uh i happen to have uh your co-worker will mcmanus on the other show on the yep, crew yep. and uh he said at some point i'm going to get that tour when i'm there so Perfect. um but yeah i heard it was super busy and uh and then you got a little innovator of the year award right
4: yeah that was a surprise uh it was very pleasant we we worked really hard getting the getting the shop set up making sure everything was working right and uh you know kind of i don't really consider me the innovator of the year i i told the guys at the show that was the team that did it the you know the whole the whole team here got involved and made that thing happen so i i give them the credit for all that for sure
3: well, I think that's probably one of the reasons that you were chosen too. is, is, and we, you know, if this is the second one. And it, uh, the theme has been all along is yeah, you're doing cool stuff, but you're sharing, you're not only sharing, um, the praise with your people internally, but you're sharing with the industry. And I think that's what, um, you know, if you're going to give yourself a pat on your back, like Jeff did earlier. Um, that's one of the reasons that I, I would say that, that you, you earn that award. So, um, you know, we definitely appreciate you opening your doors to us and, and showing all that cool stuff you're doing.
4: We had a good time doing it. Uh, it's fun to show other people what capabilities we have and what the new software and the tools that we're using can can accomplish. Uh, the buy-in from the different teams that are involved it was it was really, you know, the, the one thing I said I, I know Jonathan was there, but uh, we didn't show any bullshit. Yeah, when what we showed you was what we do every day and if we don't do it, we're not going to show it to you because mm-hmm. we didn't want to trick anybody, lead anybody down any rosy path. That is our workflow. And that's what made it easy to sell. You know, we just, we just show you what we do and it, and it works. It worked great and it, it showed well too. So the guys, the guys enjoyed it. It felt real. And I think that was our biggest takeaway was honesty is the best policy, right? Show them what you got, help them out. We've had thousands of calls since then trying to ask for help with certain things. How do you do certain things? It's, it's been really
2: good. Yeah,
3: and I like that that you're sharing that. And uh, one of the things that I think we, we share as a personality-wise is we'll tell you what's working and that's our real workflow and we'll tell you all the warts too.
4: Oh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, perfect. Well, they'll show them to you. I mean that's what's right. great. I right. think it, well, that came out a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, well. so uh, We might not be releasing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll get there. We're going to power through it's fun. Um but I I think that's important what you touched on there is if if people have the opportunity to um to build build networks with people like Doug and DSI, I mean if, if there's any contractors out there listening, you know, get get those get that network built and and get get these mastermind alliances put together with with people you know surround yourself with the best get to know them and these tours you know go you know buy a plane ticket and, and go see them Pe- people like Doug Smith out there um as, lo- as long as you reach out to them and put it together the, the doors are open a lot of times of uh, these different contractors that are doing cool things and it's well worth the cost of admission to go um you know conferences are great but like Doug just said, you know, uh, there's big conferences out there like the Hanson Wade ones and stuff like that. And you can do all these big tours. But, you know, those the red carpet rolls out for some of those. Right. I mean, you're you're getting it, it's still worth it. You're getting a good tour, but you're not walking a real operational hallway. You know, I mean, you're not seeing all the things. So the opportunity to do that, um it is well worth the price of admission, and I think that that is why Doug and his team deserve the award this year. And and um, because people are still talking about that tour. I, you oh, know, yeah. John and I do consulting. I've traveled to a lot of shops, and DSI's name comes up all over the place because people. We saw that. We saw what you know. Can you help us do what DSI's did? I mean, people people bring it up. It's <laughs> I didn't it's, get to talk to you. Echoing.
2: Doug, I didn't get to talk to you after that, man. But I sat around with like some of the people as they're walking through. And I also talked to some of the people when they left. And aside from you getting quoted an awful lot, which you got quoted an awful lot throughout the rest <laughs> of the week, um, your your uh your pick crew example, I think even I stole that from you like for for three different things. Cause it's the perfect <laughs> example of how how, how to, you know, what the fab shop supposed to be, which is really dialing those things in. But the level of integrity um, was commented on a bunch of different ways that the reality of going through the shop, um, there were some people that actually saw some things that were like, oh, you know, that that's not working. And no one tried to say, oh, well, it really does work. It was all like, no, it's not. Do you know how to make it work? And you know, it. it, it, it <laughs> I think that's 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 a big difference at times between the way that that some of these tours go, and we've had some really good ones lately with the MCA, with the Fab Conference, and everything. And how some of the ones that I've seen, like I, I, I went to a couple that were um, sort of more around technology and less around the Fab Shop, and they seemed to beat their chest really hard, and stay they, they had all the answers, and. But you know, it, it was really nice to see somebody saying, We don't have all the answers, but we're willing to listen if you guys can figure out any problems. Like, <laughs> tell us and, and we'll we'll change it. And you also shared, like, there was a number of people there that that walked away knowing that stuff they'd been trying to do but failing at could be done. And sometimes that's what you need. I mean, for for I, I think when I went to see uh, Travis, your shop, and when I saw Pikey's and, and yours, Doug. At each shop, I ended up walking away with a bunch of sort of validation that, yeah, you can do it. Like, we didn't have enough time to learn exactly how, but yes, uh-huh. someone's doing it. They're doing it consistently. They're doing it as a business. They're kicking ass with that. That. So when, when we all came through there, if there was a wart that you kind of hoped people wouldn't see, what, what was that wart? Because I, I was just curious, because you started off, you're like, we're going to show you everything, warts and all and then you proceeded to not show us a lot that i would consider a work
4: i would say that i'm probably overly critical i i look at things and I, I think we could do them better and they may be being done very well already and i'm just that incremental efficiency kind of guy i sent you that video of my cnc machine just just so you could see and and the example is i took i took that process that I used to cut that wood and you know there's 10 different tools that it uses and I went in and I tested every single tool and, until I could get the maximum performance out of each tool with the least amount of degradation on the product and I did that and I cut the time for cutting that part in half so I look at everything kind of through that that mirror saying what can I do what can we do to make every single part of this better and even though we're doing some things better I think there's room to grow still the way we move pipe around, our welding procedures, some of the cleaning stuff—it's—it's it's not necessarily perfect, but uh, it works pretty well. We have a—we have a quite a quite a throughput. Um, one of the things that that uh, Helm Group does that we don't do currently is we don't assemble enough ductwork in my mind, and they do a lot of that, and it's—it's—I think it pays huge dividends. And we've been pushing to get that done here. It's really a shipping issue for us, mm-hmm. how we how we built our shipping, and it's going to make us retool our shipping efforts totally. And that's really what's been holding us back on that. But uh, I think we're this year we're going to get more into that out of necessity. We're going to have to because our our world is growing so fast. So we're gonna we're gonna have to perform better in that in that realm
2: of it. I think McCusker Gill does a decent job of that too. If you're, if you're talking to they computers do. about they do. it, I visit to yeah. them
4: and we, you know, what our sheet metal dashboard, we, Stacy calls it pirated. We pirated <laughs> that from them. We first saw it at their shop. We said, uh, we really like that. Do you mind if we take a picture of it? We brought it back here. We changed it. And we added some things to it uh, all the counters and different trails that we follow through the shop. And we, we actually acknowledge them in our, in our tour and said we pirated this from them stacy says pirating something is taking it and putting it to work for yourself instead of stealing it and putting it away mm-hmm. yeah. so uh, that's what we did with that and and uh, it, it works very well
3: well i think that's a great example too of what we're, what we're saying is um you you know we talked about visiting all these different shops and and everybody can take a little bit of something away and, and apply it to to what they're doing and it and like you said doug you you have to tweak it sometimes it, you have to be okay. able to take that idea um you're not gonna and I, I think that there's some hesitancy still in the industry to let people in through your doors because they're going to steal everything but to your point like you know the helm group is not going to do the same things that dsi does but we can take that idea and we can tweak it so it fits into our workflow
4: i think we get as much as we give really we've mm-hmm. we've gone on all the tours we've seen all the things people do we say, we think we're doing that better, or we think we can now do better with what we just saw. So it, it's a give and take for sure.
2: Most definitely. You know, I, I I wanted to ask you, because you have gone to all of the tours too, you like make it to most of those. Uh, if, you, if you were gonna pick a shop that was like your innovation shop of the year, it doesn't need to be a throughput or a volume thing, but like something you saw and you're like, that's, that's definitely like a wild dialed in shop who, who, what are some of the shops and it doesn't have to be one because I'd hate for you to leave somebody out, but what are some of the shops that you really thought had, had, had some real innovative ways that they were, you know, that, that they were accomplishing building?
4: It's unusual because we went to McGusker Gill and we said, "Man, these guys are storing all this stuff. They're they're using Stratus to catalog and store all their items mm-hmm. in their in their warehouse." And we started thinking, "Do we want to do something like that?" But in our market, we store nothing. We we have our vendors store everything. So even though that idea was great and they had it organized to a T and they knew where every single thing was that workflow doesn't fit us at all. So it was like, man, what a, what a cool idea. So we took that idea and we said, could we do this with something else? Can we use this idea somewhere else in our business? And we're, we're attempting to do that now, but that, that really impressed me how they did that. They were in their tool room through the containers stuff. Also, you know, I've always liked Ryan Hogan and his guys out there in, uh, in Seattle. I went through, um, uh, out there. We went through, uh, several of the, the shops out there in, in Seattle last year when we were out and everybody's got their own little stuff that they do. It's just, I'm, I'm impressed every time I go, I always see something new.
2: You
3: were talking earlier before we started recording too, that, that you guys are are growing like crazy. Um, how are you, are you iterating on what you do internally are you iterating on what you're learning how are you applying these new learnings to these new shops and in new areas you're expanding into or do you try to start with your baseline of what works well in in your kind of your your main shops and then go from there
4: well when we first you know this is we when we did our fab tour we basically focused around stratus because that was our new workflow going forward that's what drove all of our technology all of our tooling all of our processes and when we first started that we started out with the goal to start all nine shops at the same time all of our current nine shops so that's three plumbing three piping three sheet metal all at the same time well we couldn't get anybody to agree on anything we couldn't get you know everybody had a different idea of what we ought to work on first what it how it ought to work and all this other stuff so we ended up just going to one shop and starting it up and once it got rolling we started rolling it out to the next shop and the next shop and now we're at 17 shops so we are taking the new shops once those first nine got rolling and everything was working correctly everything that comes online after that's going all in first first pass So we're we're going out there we spent a week in north carolina we had four guys out there for a week setting up all the stations putting all the printers in teaching the the uh, different workflows, training all the guys, material handling, just soup to nuts, everything one time done. So it was a it was a very busy week for four people, and uh, that's that's kind of our goal is to we don't want them to come up slowly. We're going to bring them on full blast and just immersion and and dump them in there and let them go and make sure we support them. Support's the biggest thing. We we yeah. have to support them, and I think we do a very good job of that. I, I told everybody at the tour we have a teams channel that we run to support. The whole Stratus fabrication effort, and we have a five-minute time on our support tickets. If it if it's over five minutes, I'm calling. So we average about two minutes. So when somebody at a workstation anywhere in the country at on a DSI workstation goes on Teams and says I'm having an issue, they get a response back in five minutes, which is pretty awesome. You if you don't support it, it's gonna fail. And that's that's one of the things that we recognize right up front is we have to make sure nobody's waiting on an answer and nobody's waiting because the system's not working or they don't understand how to use it.
1: Yeah. Can we and, and maybe you don't know exactly off the top of your head, but just so that the people listening, because I because I think what you just talked about is critical to the success of of a platform that's gonna take over operations like that, like the way Stratus does for you. I mean. If it's clearly going to be the way you run your business, um, it's got to be supported and it, it's got to be maintained and online at all times. But that level of support, what's the, I guess, what what's like a good metric that we can, that we can talk about like personnel wise. So if you look at how many shops there are stations or whatever, you know, how, how many people do you have on that support team? And what do you think they're, capacity i mean if someone wanted to scale because most people aren't going to be dsi size so they probably don't need um what you guys are talking about but let, let's let's give them like a like a hint here can you can you elaborate well, on we
4: that? got we got approximately 500 users in stratus and we have seven guys monitoring and maintaining and
1: okay. those
4: guys have other jobs so there there are database guys there are Trimble guys there are me they're Adam Nichols, who's doing our detailing uh, VDC technology guy, uh, running our group. So we have multiple people and everybody's got it on their phone. So Sunday morning, I'm sitting at my house and seven o'clock, boom, I get pinged that something's not working. We go online and we're on it. That happened. This happened Sunday and three people answered the phone call Sunday morning. I love so, it. So we have just a dedication of the guys and their their involvement that they want this thing to work and they're, they're behind it 100%. Yeah. It's it's really a mindset. Once once those guys buy in and get behind you and and we're all pulled in the same direction, it, it kind of runs itself. You know, we we don't have to put them on call. We don't have to beg them to answer their phone. It just it just works. It's just the guys.
1: Put them. You know, guys out there, write write that down. That's huge. I mean, that is you talk about. I I commend DSI for that. You, you talk about putting your destiny in your own hands. I mean, what I see out of most people with these software. Providers and and it's it's not a knock at the software provider, but when you're when you're putting the sole responsibility of the success of that product into the hands of the people that sold it to you and relying on their support teams and their I mean you're sometimes you know controlling your own destiny there. I mean, what better way to um, to take control of that and and say that we're gonna you know we're gonna dedicate a team, we're gonna put resources toward it. Because we've acknowledged that it's that important to us, I think that that's rather than sitting around complaining and 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 bitching about the software providers all the time, it's like, well, you stepped up and did something about it, right? That's and I, put I think in that's
4: ticket for Revit, put in a ticket that says Revit, my my prints aren't coming out correctly, and they'll get back to you in about a week or two. So uh, yeah. we we know mm-hmm. that we live that life, so we said we can't we cannot allow that. We have to support this on the spot and be right there with the guys, just like we're with them on, in the field. And that, that seems to work. We get such a good buy-in on that. We don't get complaints. We don't get grumbling. We don't hear any reports back from management. It just doesn't happen, which is, it's, it's really healthy because when the, you can go tell the guys, man, everything is working. You guys are doing a great job. It's, it's, it's perfect. Everything is good. And it makes them feel good. Makes them, makes them want to do more. Heck
1: yeah. Success feels good. Sure. Yeah. Hell when yeah. it works, absolutely. it works. Yeah,
4: absolutely. It actually, and it, you know, at the bottom, the bottom line here is it really removes work away from us. It takes a lot of that headache off of the technology detailing group. The, the software works well. It's got its issues. It's just like Rabbit. When you take it out of the box, it doesn't run. You have to program it. You have to customize it. You have to make it your own. And doing that, in the process of doing that, you basically learn how it works inside and out. And those guys are now the experts.
2: So, Doug, like with, um, you said that you are a person that dials things in and you just keep dialing and dialing a little bit faster, make, honing those tools and everything else. Um, wh- what do you see as as sort of the the next you know, you said you were going to work on getting um, sort of ductwork spooling up and running, getting the shipping down on that. What do you see as one of those next big hills? Because I was thinking about McCusker Gill when when you were talking about them. And the, the, oh. I did like their inventory, but I loved they were dropping down um, riser, duck riser, through their buildings. Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the way that they had rigged that and the way that they had engineered that was freaking impressive. Um, Absolutely. They, yeah. So, like, what's the next what's the next you know as an innovative shop like you got a bunch of innovative people you got you got the software to a place that most people aren't going to get it what's the next big big uh big challenge or or something you see that's juicy
4: well one of the shops we just opened is in in Houston we opened up a modular shop down there dedicated to modular construction uh skid construction 100% doing nothing but so that's, we're going to have a whole team going into that system over there trying to do pump skids, filter skids, chiller skids, modular racks, towers, everything. So that's, that's a whole other business unit that we're kicking off that we're going to support. And uh, it's, it's going to help our construction side by giving them the ability to, to hit faster on certain pro- types of projects, data centers, and things like that. You know, building, building prefab cooling racks and other things that, are, that the industry wants to get, to get up to speed faster. That, that's our next big push.
2: Just a giant uh, modular manufacturing plant. Yep, yep, exactly. Right
4: Which would be fun, right? That that's kind of stuff I like doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's always good stuff. I mean, we can build toilet batteries all day long. We've done a thousand of them, and uh, so it would be fun to get in there and build some pump skids, filter skids, and and neat stuff. You know, you saw one of the skids as we went through our tour in here that we did for that automaker here locally. And that was a lot of fun. You know, just something outside the box that, that gets your juices flowing a little bit.
2: Yeah, man. Did you, um, like, like in, in regards to that, like, um oh, darn it. I lost my question because when you started talking about the skids, I started thinking about the skids. And now I'm, <laughs> now I'm stuck there, man. I, I apologize. I'll have to think of oh, something.
3: I, I was going to and stick in a question here quick. Cause you, you, t- we, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Stratus itself, but I think that what you guys did, um, as, as a Stratus customer, as, and we can, I was kind of curious how you do this with, with other technologies, like you are customer number one for that product. Um, but you didn't deploy it for three years. Right. I think that a lot of us, um, in our backgrounds as as construction technologists we do try to get things ready as ready as possible but i don't think many of us would have waited three years um can you explain the thought process (laughs) 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 maybe (laughs) yeah Yeah, because we went
4: and visited you and y'all were using it and we were like "Mm, we're not ready yet (laughs) Yeah,
3: but can you explain that thought process a little bit and then is that something that you apply in other areas or is that kind of that's pretty specific that's my standard
4: mo Okay. I, I want to make sure that nothing's 100%, but I want to make sure that it's as good as we can get it and as, and we're comfortable with it before we release it out into the wild. I've said this, I said it on our last Dork cast and I said it at the show that you only have one chance to make a first impression. Once you throw it out there, it's, it's on the street. If it fails, they're, they're never going to look back. So we don't have time to fail. We, I mean, like Trent said, this is a product that we're putting in place to run our business. And if it fails, our business fails, we fail and somebody gets sent down the road and we don't want to do that. So we we want to make sure we're comfortable 100%. Our, cus- our company trusts us and they believe in us and they know we're going to do the right thing. And they do that because we've never dealt them wrong, right? So they trust us. We have to perform and we have to make sure that the products that we put in front of them are ready for prime time and they're never hundred percent. We, we have issues. We did the same thing with the docs back in the day. We launched it about a year before it was really ready to launch and you couldn't print drawings. You couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. And we flew to San Francisco. We met with the Autodesk team and we said, we got to do this. We have to have these 10 things or the system will never, never work for us. And uh, they actually got them done. So a year later, we're starting to bring things online and the system's starting to work. And now everybody's going, hey, wow, that thing is really coming around, you know? And then they changed over to build and integrating playing grid into it. And now it's starting to get even better. So yeah, we we just want to be real cautious and and make sure we're doing the right thing for our company.
2: I remembered my question <laughs> while you guys were talking. Depression. My question was like, you, oh, uh, you were... Uh, you guys are screwing manufacturing plants. <laughs> Just say skids. I'll get distracted. It'll be that easy. No, um, what I've seen a lot happen is as soon as people start to get to the point where they're building module modules, they start building their own componentry too. Um, like we've seen a couple shops come out with you know patented new plumbing componentry that's built around the prefab market. Have you had mm-hmm. anybody bring up some you know some great ideas in in regards to that on on the sort of in house Manufacturing side or building new products for the market type thing.
4: Bob is a manufacturer, and Bob wants to manufacture. We want to build parts. We want to build things. We we think that our our niche uh, is going to be in putting components together and doing it the best anybody that anybody can do. I don't I don't know if I see anywhere in our future that we are going to be a manufacturer of of component parts that we could sell on the market. I mean we'll we'll sell you a skid pack but we're probably going to buy the pump from somebody else and the filter from somebody. It just it's not what we do. It's not our our specialty. We're a we're a contractor. And we're going to probably stay in that
2: lane. So you're a pick crew not a mechanic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> important though. I think that people they're, you know, the manufacturing uh, mm-hmm. that's a big buzzword in our uh in our industry right now. People and I think people are having a little bit of an identity crisis where, you know, I, I've seen it at places where they're looking at their fabrication shop that supports their construction operations and they're talking about manufacturing and I'm kind of like, you're not a man, you're not though. Like, I mean, and and maybe that's okay. I think people have that mentality where if they don't say they're a manufacturer, they feel like they're not doing the right things, but it's okay. You, you don't need to be I mean, I I think it's important what you just said. Can a lot of people could could take note of that? I mean, there's a business definition also there.
4: When you say manufacturer, you think of somebody building parts to build a system, right? Uh, You know, we mentioned Bob a minute ago. He's going to build these parts to develop a component that he's going to sell as a unit we're going to do the same thing. We're going to make a pump skid and this, you want to buy pump skid A, B, or C. It's going to be a product that we sell. So we are manufacturing that product, but we're not constructing the pieces within it. We're building it and selling it as a component system. And for the data centers and things like that, where you have modular cooling racks and you have 500 of them, we're going to build 500 type A's and 200 type B's. So they will. we will, at the end of the day, have a catalog for those parts and pieces that we build and you will be able to call and order them. And that will be a kit that we put together. We'll have we'll have the designs turnkeyed and tweaked where they're perfect. And we just whoop them up and out the door they go.
2: Do you, right. do you think there's room? Because we were, we, I actually wasn't thinking about Bob. I was actually thinking about some electrical contractors that I went out to mm-hmm. see their shop. And
3: mm-hmm. the only
2: reason they wanted to get to that manufacturing spot was they were running into supply chain issues. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, and what they were, what they were coming up with was they couldn't guarantee certain aspects, certain materials through the supply chain. So they're like, we can't guarantee them. We're going to have to make them ourselves. Um, and I think, I think the only thing I would ask you out of that though, really is the supply chain has been really rough on electrical. has been kind of rough on everybody else. How, how has that affected you? Cause you, you know, the, the more you get towards that, that polished, uh 100% pick crew the more the more detail oriented it is and the more throwing a monkey wrench in there is going to cause damage um so how how is the supply chain you know issues after covid and and even right now how are they hitting you guys is it is it had big effect little effect
4: huge effect it's it's terrible uh you know we we manufacture some ductwork that we typically wouldn't manufacture so we can control the outcome of it um we're going out and buying things from 10 different places where we used to buy from one. We've got a year-long wait on certain materials for some of the semiconductors that we're doing. So, you know, uh, some of the bigger manufacturers came in and bought the entire stock for the entire country for a year. So nobody has any left to get. So we're going overseas and we're buying from, from places we wouldn't buy before. It's, uh, the supply chain is messed up right now. It's, it's terrible. And it makes us be better planners is what it does. We have to plan in advance. We buy our metal a year in advance. So we have to use tools that, that we've developed. And one of them is our is our tool that we use to fabricate with. And we anticipate by the models that we have drawn how much work we have on our plate coming up in the next year. So that that's just a side benefit of that tool is we can not only see how many feet of pipe or pounds of duck or anything else, but we can tell how many weld inches we have coming up in the next 12 months. And do we have enough capacity as, as far as welders and, and hours in the day? Yep. That was a little, uh, a little thing we ran a while back and I forget what the number was, but it was like, we need 72 welders. And it's like, Oh the shit, <laughs> we, we don't have 72 <laughs> welders. So we had to figure out, we start scattering people around and looking at different ways to, to maintain that workflow and get those, that throughput through the shops. But that that tool gave us the ability to look ahead and see that.
2: Do you think that's a lot of the supply chain issue is not the supply, but actually the demand increase? Um, It's both. It's both at once. The demand has grown
4: substantially. Um, I mean, our workload has grown substantially, and which which we're happy to see. But but on the inverse of that was the materials are harder to get, and our workflow is is increased. So now we got a double whammy. So it's kind of it's it's a tough one right now. It's tough. And I, I'm Seriously. seeing a lot of smaller people, smaller guys having trouble staying up with it. You know, we, we've got people around here that are smaller contractors cannot get materials. They're, they're catering to the larger guys and, and smaller guys are just having to take second, second fiddle backseat. And it's, it's not pretty.
0: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to jump in and ask about that. Cause I mean, DSI is unique in that, right? You guys are, I don't know, which you refer to as the 800 pound gorilla, right? You've And, and you've got six people and you've got a lot of systems you got the ability to plan out. What do you, what do you tell those, those smaller ones that are, you know, are, aren't, aren't at the front of the line and don't have some of that, how can they start attacking that or even thinking about it?
4: It's, it's really planning, plan your work and keep, keep an eye on what you got coming up because. You got to plan for the worst, and in, in times like this, you, you have to know what's coming up and know what the availability is. Uh, we we have small contractors that can't get duct work. You can't even build a house right now because you can't get flex duct. It's ten months on flex duct. Uh-huh. So the residential construction is crazy right now. Everything is crazy.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I mean we're seeing the the uptick in residential construction. That the the issues with materials of all sorts, and they keep. They keep coming from left and right. You know, we were talking panels not too long ago. Now we're talking flex yep. ductwork and we were talking steel rolls and people going out and, you know, clamoring up all the steel and having to think differently. Um, but this yeah.
4: My nephew builds houses and a guy called me the other day and says, I have an 18 wheeler full of windows. Do you want it? And they said, yeah, I'll take it. He bought the windows. This 18 wheeler full of windows. <laughs> sight unseen. Size is unknown. Just because, I need windows and I'll figure out how to make them work.
3: There you go. You That's like the
4: mark of money. innovation.
1: We're talking <laughs> right. about being innovative. There you go. Look, yeah. supply chain problems, six inch windows in my living room. <laughs> supply chain problems are a given, you know, we yeah. know it. It's affecting everyone.
3: Do you think Don't though with it. your, with so, the, with the push towards manufacturing and fabrication, I've kind of had a thought in a, a while, like in the future, we're going to have contractors that are fabricators and contractors that are installers. Do you see more and more of those small and medium-sized contractors coming to companies like DSI and to to purchase that?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that we, I mean, because you can use yep. your buying power to hopefully supply to to them. We already do so that. Yeah, okay. we're,
4: we're manufacturing for multiple contractors. Yep, selling them ductwork, piping, all kinds of things.
0: Is definitely happening I, i'd be interested too how they approach that like um because travis you and i agree on that that i think that's partly part of the future and and dsi has to still be experiencing you know um the issues we have with labor for installing like you can kind of control the the factory floor that you've built you know that that shop floor but can, with the increase, can you see an opportunity for those folks to become preferred installers for you where you would, you know, subcontract that work out for them, or at least find a new niche for
2: them?
4: It's possible because this year we're, we're slated to go to 2,800 employees. So it's, it's going to be tough when we get up there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trent, I think I stepped on you. You have a, did you have a question? Stepped on you earlier
1: oh no no it's all good I was just pointing to the fact that that it's we, we're talking about Innovation and all the things Doug said was the mark of an innovative company not just in Tech I mean the supply chain is issues all that stuff's a given it's affecting everybody what are you going to do about it you know that this company doesn't just sit back and say I can't get stuff it is what it is you know they're it's you got to innovate you got to find a way I mean the 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 as-built conditions in the market are what they are. So that that's all I had. You didn't step on me It's just <laughs> reiterating what he what he's saying. Yeah.
4: Well, they, yeah, we that- we're finding different ways to build stuff. We're making recommendations for other material classes. You know, when we when we run into things that we can't find that, what about this? Have you thought about this material? How about let's go to stainless? Copper's not available. Let's run our water lines in stainless. And exactly. in, in some cases, stainless is cheaper than copper. So so uh, we bring the, we try to bring those things to the client early so we don't get stuck holding the bag, waiting on, waiting on components.
3: Well, I think that's a good point too. That's, that's something that I think this especially trades for a long time. We didn't feel maybe power to do like everything right. was just kind of pushed down to us and we just got to build it with what it is, but it's nice to see that we're starting to be able to bubble things, bubble information back up and, and hopefully affect the the project outcome then.
4: Mm-hmm. Definitely. It we do did. that quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we used to call it VE and now we're, I don't know what we call it now,
1: but it's trying to get the damn yeah. job done, right? Del- delivery engineering <laughs> now. Now it's yeah. like, yeah, you want your job done. You need to let me do this. I'm going to
0: call it ME, right? It's materials engineering. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> how, <laughs> how do we handle the submittal to make sure we get all the information right and we can actually substitute yeah. this
4: thing? We don't submit anything until we find out if they're actually making it anymore. So it's crazy. <laughs>
0: making it or if you can just buy it. Like, yeah. Can we come? get this?
4: Somebody got a case of them left in their basement somewhere. <laughs> it's nuts. Uh, the <laughs>
0: That's part of it, man. Yeah.
4: But, you know, we're, we're talking about, uh, Jonathan, yes, about what other things we may be doing. We're talking about the Novarks and looking at the robotic style welding and the other types of things like that that can improve the processes, uh, just incrementally get better and better and better. Just all kinds of different things that we're looking at we're actually talking about in the sheet metal shop, we actually have a break in the process. And that is we have to go to cam still. The Stratus can't talk to the shop. So we have to go to cam. So we're trying to find a way to get Stratus directly talking to the shop so we can talk directly to the machines, just like we do in the pipe shop. So, you know, there's, we, we've got other things still in play to to incrementally increase our productivity at every step of the way. And there's 10 different lanes we're in. Oh, so it's 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 a full time job. It's fun stuff.
2: Are you guys doing do anything you- on the projection side? Like you were talking about having to know what's what's out there, and and you're talking about the tool you're using, which I'm assuming you're doing some 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 estimating slash modeling and getting some quantities. But like, do you have anything no. where you're looking at the whole market and saying, okay, this is all the this is this is the like? Are you, are you getting any idea of how much volume of like copper and other materials you're going to need? Uh, just based mm-hmm. on like a pre, pre-estimate stuff for the next year? Yep. Or do you have to bring it through?
4: No, yeah. our pre-construction group does that. They, they they look at all the commodity prices and they'll say, yeah. we have got we need 4,000 pounds of copper next month. And they'll look, or, or let's say next year, they're planning ahead for a year because the copper prices fluctuate so bad. So when copper goes down, we're going to buy. And when it goes up, we've got the material in hand. And that's why we buy three or 4 million pounds of steel at a time. And when the market dips on steel, we buy. And so we treat it as a commodity internally. So we try to take advantage of the market and the pricing. So when it dips down, just like when fuel dips down, everybody fills their tank up. And uh, we try to fill our stock at the same time.
1: Contractor slash commodity trader.
4: I love it. <laughs> got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you no, know, that's my world man I live in the pre-construction world and that's what, with the joke we've made it's you're not in pre-construction you're a commodities broker right now yeah, and exactly there's not enough of you that actually go buy this stuff ahead of time though I think and I I'd be interested because from a lean perspective
1: well they can't get paid for it
0: right you, you don't profit. get yeah, guy that,
1: that's a big that's a big pinch on a smaller guy yeah sure. Yeah.
0: yeah yep. um but it's it's interesting because too because you've got say the general contractor that's not really buying any of that and right. you guys are buying that. How are you working with generals on that and and where does that come into play? Sometimes,
4: depending on the contract, we can negotiate it in. As, as soon as we get the job, they pay for the materials up front if we already own them. Uh, sometimes, as soon as we fabricate it, they buy that's the great. materials and sometimes it's when we deliver it. Mm-hmm. So it's, we, we negotiate that into the contracts. And most of our contracts are negotiated work anyway. So we kind of have a little bit of say-so in how those work.
3: I love that.
1: I love that. That should that should be in the in the project management curriculum. Is, I mean, procurement should be billable. I think that Absolutely. that's- Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That,
4: that, yeah. That's We're a great point
1: too. Yep.
4: Well, it costs us money for sure.
1: So for sure. Oh, you, yeah, damn on. straight it does. Yeah. Oh yeah. So
2: Absolutely. I got a Texan question for you too, man. Okay. Um, do you think that- you know, you guys are based out of Texas and, and there is a culture down there. Like when we saw your shop and everything else, there was a culture down there that's different um, than if you're going to see some other shops, like, do you think that, that you guys would have had the success you you are having now in a different market? Or do you think that, that being where you're at um, in, in, it it's, it's, it's the, you know, the energy sector and all the other sectors that are down there. Do you think that that was a big part of, of why you guys are seeing success?
4: I think it comes from management. I think that our management breeds a family atmosphere and they, they treat people right. And they expect a a hard day's work. Right. But they don't beat down on people. And they, they treat you fair and they give you good pay and they take care of you. And they give you amenities. You saw that we have air conditioned break rooms and bathrooms. People don't do that. So we did it. We want to take care of our employees. We want them to enjoy working here. We want them to stay working here. So we try to make it we try to incentivize them through little niceties to uh, to keep them productive and niceties. the more they stay here, the more that training benefits us. so I, I think that we would have been as successful wherever we were just because of that concept and that mindset,
2: yeah.
0: it's 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 interesting man because i i like i said i i had will mcmanus on and he really iterates he he said the exact same thing funny thing was we tried to you know kind of put our finger on it with him get him and all he could say was it's just the family atmosphere we just approach it that way we've approached everything that way and um i think you're right i think any market it would work and i wonder if some of that foundational experience like that leadership team that you have and, and will said it a lot that like it, it goes, you know, you've, you're the, you got the driver award for winning the, winning the race. Right. But it's the pit crew. And I think that continues across the board. I'm wondering um what other foundational things you, you think that the culture has that allow you to just kind of get out and not feel like you're getting over your skis, but just, To go to push, well, you know, I'm going to take it back a little bit. You know, the owner
4: of the owner of our company would walk through the office, and he he owns the whole thing. He'd walk through our office, and he would come into your desk and sit down and say, "How's your wife? How's the kids? Is your son playing baseball this year?" And he would he would know you and make you feel like you were important. And when he left the room, you're going, "I'm working for that guy. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. I'll take a bullet." for that guy right there because he cares that's a huge part of this you know the guys have to know and we're not talking about the the general population we're talking about the people that are running the work the people that are that are pushing the buttons those guys know that somebody cares enough to come and talk to you and ask about your family and you owe that guy everything you got right he takes care of you he he feeds your family and you have a dedication to that and I mean I think that's what makes this work I really do
1: yeah you know people people put that in a bad light sometimes with execs and owners and they you know it's always that argument of well they're rich you know they got all this money and but but you bring up a really solid point there where well why do you you know the money's a byproduct right it's a byproduct of what he's what he's doing there I think I mean it's byproduct
4: of the risk he takes.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people yeah. don't understand that side of it, but right. it's because of all those things that you guys are doing and doing the right thing. I mean, the rest of it follows, but I really think it comes back to just the theme of the, of the episode is it's an innovative company. And most of the time on this show, we talk about innovation in relation to tech, but there DSI is an innovative company, not just at the tech level in every aspect They can change direction when, you know, when life gets tough in one area, they find a way around the tough. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's the whole that's the whole reason they're successful. I think it's a good tie to the to the innovation plug. So,
4: well, uh, to expand on that, Trent, it's it's a really good point. You know, every market has ups and downs, highs and lows. And our owner knew that we were in the semiconductor business. When we started in '88, and then we were 100% in semiconductor. One project, actually, every, our, every one of our employees was on one job, and he saw that as a as a shortfall. We could we could get hurt real bad if that market came down, it would kill us. So he started diversifying, but he went into markets that were kind of not parallel markets, but almost opposite markets. Dallas is high, Austin's low, Houston is high. Dallas and low, San Antonio. So he went into all these markets. And when we saw the, the industry, like in 2008 and stuff, start fluctuating, we would we would lose market share here, but gain market share there. And even through all those tough times that, that the country saw as a whole, we never went down. We stayed on an upward climb the entire time because we had balanced markets. So one went down, the other one went up, and we stayed level or stayed growing the whole time. It was a really a vision of his, I think that got us through that. And a lot of companies didn't make it so well. And I think it was just a a vision that that got us through that. And it was his master plan.
3: And I think that's something kind of back that that plays out in, in the way that you're deploying your technology is having that vision of the future of where you want to go, where you want to be. And it's interesting as we're talking through this, I, I was thinking about, well, how do you pivot? But you seem to pivot even as you're taking a long slow run at whatever you're doing it's it's really it's really interesting to watch and to hear about
4: yeah, we're we're constantly pivoting <laughs> 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 probably more than more than we want to
2: <laughs> goes into a spin at times um, oh, yeah. well, every
1: every pivot yeah i mean every pivot isn't successful right but it's your ability to pivot yep. and to do it that makes i mean that's what makes you great you know not every
4: normally we pivot because we ran into a wall right so we find (laughs) something that we can't get through and what do we got to do to get around it what do we got to do to make it work and we kind of shift a little bit and we head a different direction and and if it works great if it doesn't we'll take another route but uh you know we we're we're prepared for that we got our guys that are always looking at that i mean I, i tell my guys look ahead look a month ahead look two months ahead what are we going to run into that we haven't seen before? Be prepared for that. Ask the questions now. So we don't get into a pinch down the road. And no surprises. I don't like surprises. So that that's one of my biggest things is, is you got to look ahead and you got to anticipate what's coming.
3: Well, that's like the the common story of, you know, how everybody becomes an overnight success after being in doing something for 20 years, right? Is all that <laughs> forethought and all that planning. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's not an overnight success if you've been doing it for 20 years. No,
0: But that's what they say. It takes a heck of a lot of work to become an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> that's the key to it all, right? You know, it's the, uh, it's the Forrest Gump on the shrimping boat, you know, <laughs> all the other shrimping boats are gone. You are the shrimper. You know, that's that's the that's way yeah. this thing works. I, and on that exact note, I want to, I want to see what do you think? So again, I, I get to keep drawing this back to a conversation I had with, with the other part of your team and, and our talk was around erp right right? your erp system which is just really basic tech right like it's not flashy or considered innovative and when i say basic i'm not i don't even know we didn't actually say what erp you use i'm just saying Mm -hmm. erp in general Mm -hmm. pretty basic tech yep what do you think today at dsi in five years from now, 10 years from now, is something we'll say, oh, that's basic tech you have to have to operate. And it's going to help us do, you know, these things in the future.
4: I think our biggest push right now is is purchasing and estimating. I mean, we've got the fabrication, the construction side of this down with the ERP stuff is down. Purchasing and estimating. And that's how you get your work, right? That's how you get it, and that's how you buy it outright. And those are probably the two things that we need to work hardest on right now to make sure that we can get that 10 years down the road. Uh, You know, on our shops, on our fabrication, on our construction, when we started launching this new product, people said, We don't need that. We know what we're doing. We've done it this way for 30 years. Well, that's not going to work on the purchasing and estimating side. It's just not. They have to get innovative, they have to do better, they have to find better ways. There might even be that dreaded two letter word that starts with an A somewhere in there. Who knows? Uh, Joey, it's with an I? We don't <laughs> want to talk about it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, we're going to have to get better, faster, stronger at those two things to, to stay ahead or to stay, even stay alive in this, in this world. I, I think it's going to get harder and harder, uh, Yeah.
3: Well that's interesting that you picked that out because that is definitely one of the areas of industry. Is that there's still that black magic box, right? The they do all yeah. this takeoff and phone calls, and all of a sudden they just is, crap out the spreadsheet. That's the magic number that's gonna get you, that's gonna make or break you.
1: That's the new frontier, I think, in, in tech in our industry is gonna be in the estimating world. That is, you know, for the longest time everybody's talked about them being the black hole, right? Yep. I, I mean when you look at the moder- when you look at most estimating departments though. Bim's doing all right. I mean, I I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I, I think that estimating is. I think that's the new frontier. I think you nailed it. That's yeah. Yeah. that's the thing that hasn't innovated. I mean, I estimating has stayed pretty consistently where it is for for quite a while now.
4: Yeah. What What's the? You always ask. Hey, are the hangers in the estimate? Oh yeah, they're in there. Can you show me where they're in there? No, but oh. they're in there.
3: There. Where?
4: uh, Yeah, yeah, they're in there. Yeah, sure. there's
2: so many feet of pipe. <laughs> so many feet of pipe. It's yeah, it's feet.
4: A, it is a black hole. And that's something that we are definitely focused on fixing and, and taking to the next level.
2: You know, that's somewhat scary for those smaller contractors, because I, I know what you guys do for estimating what Travis does and what Hill does and some of them. It's not what other companies are doing. It's It's ahead of what other companies are doing. Um, yeah. Like most oh, sure. of the time by, by not a little margin, by a, a big margin. So to say that you guys feel that at that level of maturity in your estimating departments, you have to move forward. I think that, I think that's a, I think that's a big warning to, to the, you know, the nice part is for all those small firms, we just copy off of your, your cheat sheets when you're done. Like, like <laughs> we don't even like, like just so you know, I meet with don't a lot of small contractors and they're just like, we'll just do whatever <laughs> they're doing. No you know, in um,
1: estimating careful who you cheat off of. It's like a math test, man. I don't know. (laughs) I
2: I did have, we're running up on seven. I did have one question I wanted to ask you because you Uh were innovator of the year. And I know you, you said, Hey, it's my team. But part of the reason you're innovator of the year is because you said, Hey, it's my team. Like, like literally that's part of that. But what were some of the, the, you know, I, I I think each year I look at the people that, that that sort of have been really innovative and and they're very inspiring. What have been some of the inspiring people for you, um, as you've been growing your department, as you've been growing, you know, your part of the company, um, you know, and outside of the ownership? Because I think that you've made it real clear that that you were inspired by their ethics, by their planning, by their their understanding of what's going to be good. But um, do you have some other inspirations you could share um, with, with people out there?
4: Well, I'm going to have to break your rule and go back to the owner again, because uh, he, back in the early 90s, had this vision that we could do uh, design work in 3D. And I sent you that thing, right? I sent you <laughs> that, that thing. So cool. Yeah, yeah. So that thing was so cool. He, he had that. And, and the other day, our, our leadership, one of our guys called me a dreamer. And I said, I, I was a little bit set back by that and that said, man, that, that's not very nice to call me a dreamer. And I started thinking about it. I said, the hell yeah, that's nice. That's like a fucking pat on the back, man. I like that because I think that that the man and I was following that did that in 90 in 92 was a dreamer too. And he said, I think we can do this and we did it. And so we're, I, I look at what we're doing now as an extension of, of that, you know, when we, when we sold that and moved on, I kind of felt empty inside because I didn't have that anymore. And I always wanted to get back to that 3D design that what we, what we were doing for that industry. And I feel we're almost back to that now. And so it felt really good to see this thing come through and to see it working and to see the, the tools working together and, and feeding the beast basically. So I, I, I really look at that as, as his inspiration to all of us to,
1: that this is possible
2: right on very cool
1: construction door dream catchers coming, coming <laughs> <soon> to- <laughs> hey, we, do,
3: we do need to start making some swag that'd be some cool stuff to <laughs> <laughs> was-
0: i don't know that i'm hanging up a uh, a cons- oh, cons- come on, man.
1: Look, catcher, you can yourself friend. around people like Doug Smith who got really you, these dreamers that are out there. You're gonna want your dream catcher. You're going
3: well, want- you're, you're, and you're in Colorado, like that's the perfect place, right? You get your dream catchers and you just, you know, uh, get oh, our yeah. incense out, gummies, <laughs> right? <got> maybe. <laughs> oh, wait, oh
0: Not for me now. <laughs> <We drug tested. laughs> not for me we drug testing yeah uh, no. Yeah. hey look it, it takes dreamers right at every level you gotta yeah gotta be seen that way um it gives it gives that other team right he gave you room to to spread your wings and try yes right and i think yeah. you doing it again now you've got probably a team that you're doing the same thing for i think that's it's important to pass that on
4: well, I'm getting older, so I try to tell my guys. I said, one of these days you're going to be that guy, and you need to be dreaming now. What is your next? What's your next vision? Where do you think we're going? Start, start thinking about it now, and let's talk about it. And so they're, you know, they're they're planning now, uh, and I I'm encouraging
1: that. Yep. Like Bobby Boucher, <laughs> visualize and attack.
0: Visualize and attack. I, I thought I, you were going high quality H2O. I thought he was too.
1: Hey, right back to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're drinking pickle juice and we all know. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, you got me. It's
1: pickle juice, damn it. All right. <laughs> I,
3: I did want to comment one more time. Like As, as I've gotten more and more uh, well-networked in the industry, it, it is interesting to me that the high-performing companies, no matter how big they are, still have that small-town, small-company family feel. Um, I, and I'm, i do think it is, it is fairly unique to construction, uh, in the end of the other industries that I've worked for, um, the big companies, maybe the local office felt that way, but not the entire, the entire mm-hmm. company.
4: I don't think that construction companies as a whole should fit in that box, you know, that corporate box.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: We definitely don't. I mean, uh, our, our culture is substantially different from that. We're not you know, we I think we just got an HR department like a couple of years ago, so uh, a real one. But uh, <laughs> real one. you know, we 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 ADP doesn't count. Sometimes run a little bit loose. You know, we try to have fun and enjoy ourselves, and and it it just need we can't be driven by that corporate philosophy. We don't we're we're privately owned too, so we don't have bean counters. You know, looking down everybody's throat all the day, all day, every day, which makes it a lot easier to do what you need to do and 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 be flexible to, to turn and twist as you need to.
1: Those are, those are the things I noticed too, Travis, when all the shops that I go to is you see the high performing ones, two things that stand out, the culture, they're all, you see the buddy, buddy, you see, I mean, you can just see it in the way they act. And then the ones that, that you walk through that you're kind of (laughs)
3: like,
1: they're not really doing as much. A lot of times the culture is not there. The other thing, and this relates to, how Doug and them like to share. The other one is the picture thing. I go to a lot of shops and I always want photos and stuff because I like to document my travels and the ones that tell you no, absolutely no photos. I don't want, they're always the ones that you're not impressed by. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Maybe <laughs> it, They it's don't like want a bad thing. photo. Yeah, <laughs> in, all, in all the shops I go to where they're just like, yeah, go ahead, you know, you know, take, take some, cause they're proud of it. I think. And those are the ones that, um, that are they're just that you're you're just more blown away with what they're doing. It's kind of funny.
2: It's, hey, Doug, you know you know Mike Shin. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's- I'm uh I I'm interested. Shin made these welding booms, and I'm like, hey, oh, yeah. can we take a couple pictures? He's like, would you like to come to Seattle, come to my shop with your scanner, and scan the entire thing? And then when I'm leaving, he's like handing me sheets of all the materials he used to build these <laughs> welding booms. I'm like, holy crap. Like this is the best thing ever, you know. I went the back. The only there welding
4: and... booms in the world with air brakes on them, so
2: it's, it's cool. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we put truck so brakes awesome. on ours, and, and <laughs> we put we put right on it Shin. we were like, uh, yeah, this is this is just us pirating Mike Shin,
1: you know. Absolutely, and he loved it. Oh, we got to get Mike Shin on the show. That's you should do, man. that <laughs> Yeah, that he, would be a fun. He's,
2: he's a dude man he, he's <laughs> i i think that's what i noticed trent is actually when i go from shop to shop is if you go to a shop where everybody in the shop knows the owner's name and they're all talking about him positive you're good um i, I oh, felt yeah. it pretty hard at mccusker gill there was one where i yes. was like okay they're their owner is pushing this when i was at spader terry spader reason that it stuff got done is that owner wanted it done. And if you messed it up, he kind of smiled at you and was like, well, try again really fast, but try again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and, and I'll, I'll, I'll offer that a little bit too. Like the, you know, obviously we're all union contractors, like, and, and you go to these places and yes, they're, they're, we're all proud. The, 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 the craftspeople are all proud, proud union people, but there's not a, a big, I'm, I'm union, I'm not company. Like they, right? They're they're both, and that's that's fun to yeah. see too. I I can't speak obviously to the other side because I don't have experience with that, but yeah, um, it's I've cool. seen good
1: or bad on the other side, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's non union yeah. side. I've I've seen people doing some really really awesome stuff, great companies, and I mean it. I, there, there's
3: but there's not that labor management divide. Everybody is there for the for for the the end purpose.
4: All right, I saw that at McGusker. I saw that when we were at Helms. Those guys were lockstep man they were mm-hmm. they were all following mm-hmm. that charge of this is what we're going to do no matter if it made sense or not we're <laughs> we're going to try it until it fails right we're right. going to make it work yeah. do our best it was
0: awesome.
3: we're going to all go off the cliff together
0: absolutely yeah. <laughs> Well, and i can be the one to say that you know i've seen a lot of the open shops and been on the open shop side a bit and i think the the commonality is that i think if you took those open shop owners and put them into union areas or vice versa it's that family atmosphere. It's that, it's that attitude. It's that, it's that the core of that owner that comes with it, the unions themselves and the pride that they have in their job versus a disconnect. I think you can walk into any shop and see a disconnect. If, if, if that owner thinks they can do this without that labor, (laughs) you're going to see that disconnect no matter if you're in either one, right. Right. That's just, that's just obvious. And, I think that's the difference is it's you know culture each strategy for breakfast but but culture without strategy it's kind of just flailing in the wind i think that's some of the other difference right is that you is that you get that there so um you know, we're getting close to that time where we got to wrap it up i want you to put out a carrot for the next innovator of the year, Doug, if you cool. had a single problem to solve or could look for, hey, if you come to MEP Innovations in January, which we're going to start saying it's coming, right? Oh. Hey, by the way, if you're listening in, those calls for proposals are out. So yes, get yourself out there. Get your company out there. Get It's yourself
3: closing out there. soon, I think. It is closing soon, I think, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So make sure you, you, you go ahead, but what, what thing, what nugget, what, um, shin welding machine, would you want.
3: <laughs> to, to and that
4: forward? is a loaded, that is a loaded <laughs> question right there. Holy cow. You know, there, there's so many things layout, uh, you know, the layout and hangers are such a huge part of our business and the different types of scenarios that we run into with both of those things. Uh, how we fabricate that how we lay them out how we when do we lay them out before or after all of that stuff i we need to have a better way better method in our business to do that even though we have trembles and gps systems and all that stuff it's still a very slow process very slow um that's one i, I think the shops are really becoming their own thing they're 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 tracking very straight now i i believe most of them are uh it's, it's really, I, I would like to see it in the purchasing side and how we handle material. I mean, I, I'm very interested in the uh, vendor management type systems in shops where we can maintain and manage our own commodity material, copper pipe, fittings, PVC, everything. So we don't wait on on vendors to bring us stuff. We don't order stuff by the, by the job. We order it and we have it as commodities sitting in our shop ready to go. I, I think that's probably going to be the next big push in our business is to try to man- manage and maintain materials better.
0: Well, you put a, a couple of big ones out there for people. So if they're if they're if you're listening in and and you're waiting to innovate, well don't start looking at layout hangers. <laughs> you to start our betting lines on
4: who well, you think gonna be uh, go. innovator just gonna, of the year was a dusty robot, right? Nope.
3: I was just gonna throw it out there then that Doug, you you've got to do that now so we can rub it in Jeff Elwell's face that you're the first back-to-back winner of the Innovator of the Year.
4: <laughs> he was going for it this year. He was going for it. He was
3: he was lobbying behind closed doors. He was, I think. He, he was throwing money around. <laughs> i was gonna say like he
0: was he was definitely doing his best campaign he could in the background yeah, like,
1: yeah i don't know to the best of that jeff elwell could campaign right, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. <That's good. laughs> when i think politician <laughs> <Jeff laughs> well doesn't come to, easy, that come to the
3: top that's, that's the one uh yeah
0: i probably what? wouldn't put him at the top of that no,
3: no i'm not
4: there either that's not me
0: now nah.
2: It's not I will ready, tell but... you,
3: I will tell you, Doug. Uh, I'm very happy that you got the award. You're one of my favorite people in the industry. Yeah, um, right. You know, I, I met you first time when we our, ourselves came down to, to to talk about Stratus when it was still yeah. just a PowerPoint and yeah. um, uh, just enjoy hanging out with you and, and learning about DSI and the whole thing. So it, it's it's a real pleasure to see you to to get an award like that.
1: I'm a long way. Same here, long Doug. Time. Always respected awesome. you. Um, Fun stuff. And tell Jay Rohan I said hi.
3: Yeah, tell Jay.
2: I'll try.
0: <laughs> all right. Nice to, to have to yell it. All day. You have to, to yell, yell it. Yell <laughs> it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, and we do wow. have a
4: new Smegna video coming out. I think it's going to be out next week. They came and did a, a tour of our shop and did a showcase on us. So I think it'll oh, be cool. out next week. Very yeah, cool. Jay's the headliner.
0: Right on.
1: Man, I can't right. wait. Um, <laughs>
0: can't.
3: Wait. Pop your get popcorn into,
0: Get into video management Get the popcorn Dark out the Put popcorn. it on Netflix Let's get <laughs> it ready melt that butter. There we go It'll melt like butter That is a wrap folks Doug it is awesome It is so great to have you on the show uh, I'm pretty sure there's tons of nuggets That people are going to be listening to You're probably going to get hit up So uh, hit them up And uh, connect with them And with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today for episode 65. Don't wait.
2: Innovate.